Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Marge. That's right. Hello, everyone from Central Canada, Ontario, Canada, if you happen to know where that is. I'm also the host of Bite Me, the show about edibles, and I'm really excited to be here today. Nice. And we also have the return of Monkey Doo. The return of back from the dead monkey dude down here in the southeast U.S. Man, I felt like it last week. Yeah, man, it was just an episode of the flu kept me down for about a week. What the heck, though? But you know, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to get to Oregon and back. So hey, I'm here. But good to be here again. Fine, I'm feeling healthy, feeling happy. Just got to get rid of this cough. So no cannabis for me this week. But yeah, what's going on this week then? I mean, how are you being, Marge? Are you good? Yeah, not too bad. It's been pretty nice here in Ontario lately. Very like yesterday or what was it? Saturday. It's like 20 degrees Celsius. Damn. Damn. Everybody, I don't know if the Americans know what that means, but it's pretty warm. <laughs> Monkey <laughs> sent me a video about that shit today as well. Yeah, uh, some SNL sketch. Oh, I've got to send March that link too. She yeah. appreciate yeah. it as well. <laughs> yeah. It's it's but pretty it funny. Yeah. Yeah, like nobody knows how many gallons, how many liters are in a gallon and things how like that. Who's good? Nobody yeah, knows. Nobody knows. People, two and a half liters. Is it two and no. a half? Or... No, no. 3.93, no. I believe, liters per gallon. I'm going to no. say five. Uh, well, liters <laughs> are over 40 ounces, and a gallon is 100. Uh, a gallon's a, what is it, 256 or 128? 128. I actually wasn't really 100% sure, but it just shows if you say something with enough confidence, people will believe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to believe that. Let me just go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. I like that shit. What are you smoking on, monkey? Oh, you're not smoking, are you? Because you're know, ill. man. No, but I did make um, yesterday since I couldn't smoke and I probably won't be smoking for another week because I just want to do the right thing here. I decided Oof. to go ahead and use some of my premium strawberry cough bud to make me up some really nice oil. And boy, mm-hmm. it is so much fun. It's one of those oils that, you know, you get the giggles and laugh a lot for a while, all that good stuff like that. So I'm really enjoying that. If I can't smoke it, nice. I might as well eat it. Are you taking it direct or are you putting mixing it in with the drink or something? You name it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. As a matter of fact, like, you know, uh, when you posted that about the hot toddy, when you, if you're feeling sick and right. I, I'd write the comment, I'll tell, I'll tell the audience what my comment was, was basically when I was sick and trying to get some rest, I decided that besides just taking the NyQuil to go to sleep, I would go ahead and throw it a tablespoon of this highly infused can of oil on top of it. This was made with well, white rhino, a nice heavy indica. And you talk about double the power of that of that NyQuil. I mean, when right. it hits you, you're going to sleep and you're going to wake up with a smile on your face. I guarantee it. <laughs> so my my new cold medicine includes cannabis. NyQuil and cannabis. I, I thoroughly endorse, endorse that approach. Yeah, man, it's great. Yeah. But you know, if you're going to feel sick, at least you ought to do something to ease the discomfort. Oh, mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. So yeah, it definitely made me from, from feeling miserable with a with a kind of a frown on my face to sitting there with this kind of a strange smirk on my face, going like, I don't feel that bad right now. Right. I feel shitty, but I don't. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't feel yeah. as shitty as I did before. Right. Yeah. So yeah. What about you, Marge? What are you having this week? I've got a little bit of fuel dog that I've been smoking on lately. 
which okay. I've been thoroughly enjoying. And I have. And is it fuely? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Fuly. <laughs> and I have some Turkish delights. Oh making. no! You made it. E <laughs> no, I didn't make these ones. Oh, these are right, other yeah. ones. Okay. These ones were gifted to me from somebody who knows what they're doing. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Because uh, the one that I made did not turn out. Yeah, we spoke about the Turkish delight thing last week, and when I was doing the edit, I, uh, I, at some point I was like, "Oh, we doing that for Arr! like this," and I did the Arnie noise. And as I'm editing, <laughs> I found it comical. So I copy and pasted it, you know, just and at the end of the podcast, when the, the song ends, you just hear me go, oh, don't do that. Oh, oh. <laughs> and just added the sound clip random oh, to the end. No. Man. And I, I did another one as well, where uh, a few episodes ago when I was speaking about the split that lasted me five days. The monkey was like, this is the spliff that doesn't end. Remember that tune? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I copy and pasted that bit and I put that right at the very end of the episode as well. <laughs> so if you download the show, sometimes there's going to be little special Easter eggs at the end there. Just bear that oh, in nice. mind because maybe the, there'll be one day there'll be a competition or something if you listen to the whole <laughs> thing. But you never know. You never know. <clears throat> it's uh, it's possible. So anyway, we should move on with this cannabis news and events thing, right? Because we've got a few stories to cover. I think we've, we've all spoke about how we are consuming our cannabis today. And yeah, before we move on to the news, yes, yeah, still no word from Bubblehawk, man. We are all very concerned and we're figuring out a way which we can try and get in touch with him and figure out well, what's going on. But we haven't heard anything from him, unfortunately. No, if anyone out there has any information, uh, drop us a PM or email or, or, or something to that effect. You know, nothing in public, but we would like to know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's all good. Concerning. We miss him. We miss yeah. him. Yeah, we do. I mean, yeah. We're just concerned. He's like, he's our friend, man. You know? I'm sure he's fine, though. I'm sure he's fine, everybody. Let's not panic. Right. And no, he'll well, come back and he'll be like, I fucking told you I'll be gone for eight weeks, man. Do you not listen? <laughs> Right. I told you you'd be back in two weeks. See, I'm back. Bubble, it's been eight weeks. Oh, really? Right. <laughs> Time yeah. flies when you're smoking rosin. You know, smashed right. up on rosin in the outback somewhere. <laughs> I can see him up there sharing a bong with the, with the ruse. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm just going to say, Bubble Hawk, if you're listening right now, please reach out. Please, There's man. Yes. People. <laughs> you know, now he's panicking, running around like, oh, shit, I better find a way to get on the Instagram or something. But anyway, yeah, let's do the, let's do the news. Let's talk about sports. Getting reports in the chat there that somebody said two weeks and we missed it. So you know, two weeks. There you go, everybody. There you go. That was me. Two weeks. Bad. Be gone for two weeks. Oh, they, yeah, that's right. You did. There you go. Yeah. I'm not well spotted, everybody. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> well spotted. Yeah, right. So we have some uh, cannabis news and events to cover. We have one particular story, which is a follow up from uh, a story which we covered a couple of weeks ago. So I think that we'll uh, we'll do that one first. And it's not a very long article. It's reasonably. I oh, know this is a reasonably long one, Right? no, it's, it's in the middle. It's not a long one, not a short one. OK, but there's this is probably one of the longest ones I'm covering today. <laughs> but I'm just going to read it out. Right. Uh, Bianca Williams. This is one of the people who was in the car. That uh, I should remind you, they were sports people. They were pulled over in their Land Rover uh, like they're athletes. These guys that do the Olympics, oh, a, a couple one. with the baby in the car. And the police pulled them over, was like, oh, I smell cannabis. And apparently they uh, yeah, racially profiled on all this. You know, so uh, they went through that shit. Their kid had to suffer the trauma of watching their parents getting 
but the, the kid was a baby, but still, it was it wasn't cool to do that kind of shit. No, you know. Oh, but this I is a follow up from that article. Sorry, March. I never heard about this story. Yeah, and he's a couple uh, of sports you... people as well. And the guy was like, "Don't you know who I am?" When he asked if he has cannabis in the car, and it's like, of course, these are professional athletes. They wouldn't be using right. any kind of drugs, which they can fail tests on. Stupid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it seems as if the copper just went mental and just started racially profiling people. But these, uh, they took it to court. They were fighting it uh, because they have the resources to, which is a good thing. Uh, Bianca Williams, two Met officers sacked over athlete search gross misconduct. Uh, two Met police officers have been sacked after carrying out a stop and search of two athletes, which found to have amounted to gross misconduct. British World Championships medalist Bianca Williams, 29, and Portugal Olympic sprinter Ricardo dos Santos, 28, say they say they were racially profiled. They were handcuffed and searched outside their West London home while their baby was in the car in July 2020. All, all allegations against three other officers were not proven. That's right, because there was five people, weren't they? Yeah. There was, when we reported on the article, there was five people who were going to get in trouble. So two of them have seemed to have suffered consequences and three uh, people have seemed to have got away with any charges. Uh, speaking after the conclusion of the officer's disciplinary hearing, Miss Williams told the BBC in a sit-down interview, this is a huge, this is huge, this is a massive step, but added, it shouldn't have taken three years to get this result. Yeah, because this happened in 2020 as well, like, like July 2020, so it's over three years, man. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a lot of money spent in court as well. You know, these solicitors are not cheap, and it takes a lot of time to get this stuff done. But fair play to them for keeping up the fight till the end. It's good that they have the resources to do this. This is this is a, a good thing to see. People need to challenge the police more often when they do the wrong thing, you know. Uh, during the incident, the couple were pulled over by officers in Maida Vale as they returned from a training session and searched on suspicion of having drugs and weapons, but nothing was found. Wow. Uh, so it's probably they were pulled over because it was a, a nice Range Rover or Land Rover or something. And usually, you know, people can't afford that in the UK nowadays unless they're involved in crime somehow. That's right. That's right. And there's more people involved in crime than there is professional athletes. So, right. You know, right. so they probably seen the car pulled it over, expecting it to have weapons in. And it's like, oh, no, you are actually rich people. Oh, my bad. But, you know, gross misconduct. Uh, the hearing found the two sacked officers, PC Jonathan Clapham and PC Sam Franks, lied about smelling cannabis in Mr. Dos Santos' car and so had breached professional standards of police behavior in relation to honesty and integrity. Yeah. so That's uh, the one I hate, man, is I think I smell cannabis because, I mean, mm-hmm. how do you prove that they didn't? That's, that's tough, but I'm glad somebody took them on that one and I'm glad that they, they were found innocent and everything has mm-hmm. been return to normal again yeah man and and that's it they the police officers would use this excuse a lot you know oh, they'd yeah. be like, oh i smell cannabis now i'm searching and you know they might find something and the only reason why they did find something is because they could smell cannabis when they might not have been able to in the in the first place they just use it as an excuse and this is one of the reasons why cannabis has been kept illegal for so long and we've had somebody tell us this before and was it uh the uh, dave vanderport the cannabis, cannabis cop. cop. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's uh, just, pretty much it's, it's an, like that. Sorry, Mikey. It's like a, a blank uh, search warrant, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime you need to get into a vehicle or anytime you need to get into a suspect's space, I think I smell cannabis. 
That'll mm-hmm. get you off. What do you say about something like 70% of the time? It'll get you through the door. Yeah. Stupidness, man. She, it carries on here. I'm happy. I'm happy that this is the result. Miss Williams continues. Uh, this is a huge step in the right direction for people who continue to get stopped by police and have the same old excuse about smelling cannabis when nothing's been found. You know what I'm saying? She said the result was bittersweet and unfortunately no action would be taken against the other officers while Mr. Dos Santos speaks outside the hearing said little has changed in policing in London since the Stephen Lawrence, Stephen Lawrence case. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think the Stephen Lawrence case, uh, uh, I think a guy was killed by police. I can't remember. I, I, I won't say more than that because I don't know enough. But it, it seemed to have been a big case when I was a kid here in the UK. I'm sure somebody will be able to tell us in the chat. Uh, Billy will probably know. Uh, anyway, he carries on. Anger many Londoners. He called allegations made by the officers regarding bad driving, violence and the presence of drugs dishonest and biased on racist uh, based on racist stereotypes if we can't trust the police to be honest and accept when they have done uh, bad and stereotyped black people what hope is there he added you know we, and this is one of the things man we're supposed to look to the police officers to be higher members of our communities that okay. do the right thing and you know do, are pretty much out there to protect and serve but because of the twisted drug laws we have in all these countries in the Western world, people have no respect or trust for the police because they simply want to prosecute people for silly crimes like possessing a simple herb when there's people out there just being killed on the streets all the time. And the, the amount of shoplifting that gets done, you know, they should be doing, it should be preventing actual crimes rather than prosecuting people for possessing and consuming certain drugs. It, it's uh, crazy to think... Especially Sorry, since they, especially since they were never pulled over for drug possession or, mm-hmm. or suspicion mm-hmm. of drugs in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's that's what it all goes back to me. It's like, you know, oh, you, yeah. you were enforcing we, drug control for why they weren't even pulled over for that. And we still haven't seen in the last article we brought it up when we reported this. We still haven't seen why they were pulled over in the first place. It's like okay, we know to the point where the the officers got them outside the car, handcuffing them. And then, like, I smell cannabis and begin searching the car. Why were they pulled over in the first place? I don't think that has been mentioned anywhere in any of these articles. Or yeah, was the point. Uh... It's not like they were driving by and they smelled the wafting scent of marijuana. Mm. They, like, drove by. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Billy says here, just to follow up on that, Stephen Lawrence, it was a racist attack on a young man killed in London. The police took forever to investigate it correctly and fucked everything up. Basically, they did not care. Hmm. I, unfortunately, we live in a world where racial equality is not a reality, but boy, I mm-hmm. wish we could fix this. Mm-hmm. Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, said the panel's findings would anger and alarm many Londoners and just shows the scale of the challenge to new leadership have to change the culture of the Met. That's the Met, please. Uh, the Met said the family had deserved better and apologized to them for their distress. Yeah, it's just shocking that people get treated like that. Just dragged out of the car in front of the kid as well. That that makes it even worse, like the kid was there to experience this. The panel found it was likely the smell of cannabis during the stop and search had emanated from another area. Mm, Or the couple was just lying. (laughs) You know (laughs) know what I mean? Somewhere else? Mm -hmm. It wafted in from somewhere else. That's right. The car must have been driving by smoking some devil super skunk. Uh, the the hearing was told PC Clapham and PC Franks were 
not seen to attempt to verify the smell, which led to them becoming trapped in a lie when they gave evidence. Panel chairwoman Chu Yin Jones said their behavior amounted to gross misconduct. The other three officers, acting Sergeant Rachel Smith, PC Alan Casey and PC Michael Bond, were found by the panel not to have committed gross misconduct, but will have to carry out a reflective practice review process. Uh, Think about have, what you've done. You know, yeah, I mean? oh, my <laughs> God. Do a little journaling on what what happened there. Mm -hmm. wow. You know, you write on the board 100 times. I shall not be a racist. You know, I should not be a racist dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the title here is Driving While Black. It says Miss Williams and Mr. DeSantos complained to the police watchdog about what happened to them, saying they had been racially profiled because Mr. DeSantos was DWB uh, driving while black in a Mercedes. The watchdog bought a case against the officers. Uh, so, so it wasn't uh, some Range Rover they were driving. It was a Mercedes. So I'll correct that from earlier on. But yeah, uh, still, you know, come on, it's still the same thing. Mm -hmm, These mm -hmm. people have a nice car. How could they possibly have a nice and, car? And the thing is, judging by what we've seen in the last two articles, this guy's right. The only reason yeah. why he got pulled over was because it was a black guy driving a nice car. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. not that's right all it is. At all. Yeah, because otherwise it would be like, you know, Mr. Dos Santos ran a red light. In which case it was pulled over by the police and then they thought they could smell cannabis in the car. But we still, there's nothing, there's, <laughs> there's no reason we've been told at all why this guy was pulled over in the first place. And that's concerning. Uh, Karen Monaghan KC uh, for the Independent Office for Police Conduct, the IOPC, told the disciplinary panel at the start of the hearing that the watchdog's case would say there was institutional discrimination in the Met Police. Mr. Dos Santos told the panel while giving evidence that he had been afraid for the safety of his partner in his three months and his three months old son. And of course, you would be afraid, man. You know? I'm right, man. Mm -hmm. When shown body worn footage of him mocking and swearing at the officers, he accepted his behavior, saying, Everybody deals with trauma differently. Now, you know, you have to be respectful and shit to the police when you're getting arrested because you're just going to get yourself in more shit. But at the same time, you swearing and saying stuff, it's not exactly assault of a police officer is it you know it, no, then read the sentence too i could see why he'd be pissed uh mr dos santos was stopped nine times within four weeks of buying a car in 2018 the panel heard wow man like i'd wow. have some choice words too that's fucking awful you know you would be pissed wouldn't you yeah god damn because every time you get pulled over too it's like it's not quick you're not like oh mm. you know sorry about that you're on your way it's even if you just get a warning or whatever you're sitting there so it's it's a waste yeah. of your time as well. Half hour out of your day because they got to yeah. get them on and check you out. And make sure nothing's nine wrong times you. within four weeks as well. That's just madness, man. Madness. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> the IOPC Steve Noonan said he recognized the incident and had caused widespread community concern and the use of stop and search powers by the police. This is where the police can just stop people in the street and be like, we are searching you. And then they search people and, and it, it seems to lean towards uh, people of color who get searched the most. It's just you know, the racism in the police shows a little bit more in situations like that. But that's a whole completely different topic. That, that, you know, that's a long topic to debate and discuss all by itself. Uh, he low trust and confidence. He added, 
we know that black people are almost nine times more likely to be stopped and searched by the police than white people and nearly nine times more likely to be searched for drugs despite a lower fine rate of drugs for black people than white people. The, it's figures like these and cases like Bianca and Ricardo's which emphasize why black people report having low trust and confidence in the police. He also said the Casey review had already highlighted widespread cultural issues and discriminatory conduct or attitudes in the Met and the force and policing as a whole need to work hard to restore the trust and confidence of black people. Uh, the Met's Deputy Assistant Commissioner Matt Ward said that he was confident the Met can and will learn from the experiences of Miss Williams and Mr. Santos and work alongside communities to deliver fair and effective stop and search for all Londoners. Earlier this year, Miss Williams won bronze in the four times 100 metre and at the World Athletics Championships in Budapest. She also won gold in the same discipline at the European Championships in 2018 and silver in 2016. At the Commonwealth Games in 2022 and 2018, she won four times 100 metre gold representing England. Mr. Dos Santos competed at the Tokyo 2021 Olympics in the 400 metres. So there we go. That's the whole article there. Interesting one, controversial one. It brings up a lot of problems in the Met, in the UK in general. You know, there's, there's still racism that exists here, unfortunately. It's still a thing here in the UK where it seems as if the police will pull over people of colour more likely than white people, which is crazy. It's crazy, man. What do you think about this article? Monkey, what do you think? Is it it's definitely, a you know, a situation of a racism, but at the same time, those same rules and laws that these offices are using to do this racial discrimination can be used just just as easily at their whim against anyone you me anybody so i mean it's wrong to, it's wrong to discriminate in any way and i i the more i've learned about this i think i can smell thing that, that the cops use the more i just want to get rid of it completely i mean it's ridiculous to have mm -hmm. to put a family through all of that simply because this guy wanted to be a dick and knew how to do it is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think the city owes him an apology, some cash, and needs to let him live his life. Right. And hopefully it'll lead to some more systemic change too, like you're saying, because these these laws make it too easy for cops to just pull people over for no reason. Mm -hmm. And they did apologize. And I don't think apology like a verbal apology does shit. Honestly. No, no, it's, there's only it's like, it's like when uh when you're at the train station. I don't know whether you guys get this in uh, Canada and the states, but when you're at the train station, for example, trains are always fucking late by at least two minutes. You know, and it's only two minutes, but it's a constant thing. They're never on time, and it's like the, the train approaching this place is delayed by four minutes. We are sorry for any inconvenience, and it's like, how are you sorry when you do nothing to try and fix the fucking thing? You have to right. fix the problem. You have to show that you're sorry. But the next train's going to be delayed, and the next train's going to be delayed. So it's like you just, somebody's grabbed you by the fucking collar and you're punching you in the face and being like, "Oh, sorry, pal. Oh, sorry, pal." It just saying sorry doesn't make it right. You have to try and actually find what the problems are causing this situation and fucking resolve them. You That's know what I mean? Like when you have a guy getting pulled over nine times in four mm. weeks. And they're like, oh, we're sorry for the inconvenience. Fuck off. That's that doesn't mean anything. Like Man, touch wood, you know, it'd be superstitious. I've never been pulled over by the police. Never. Well, 
No, never. Hmm. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah it I is. I mean, I pulled over here. I mean, come on. Everybody's I thought had at one time. No, I've never been pulled over by the police, man. That's a pain in the ass. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. But uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I just, I don't know. I'm just lucky, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I drive sensibly. That's important. Drive sensibly. Don't give them an excuse to pull you over. But yeah, interesting story, man. And I hope you all enjoyed that one. It's good to see that something is being done about this and it's not just going to be brushed under the carpet. Uh, Monkey, you have an interesting news article here, which... Uh, which, which one are we referring to here? The the one about the mushrooms, bro. Okay, yeah, yeah. And as you know, it's it's. Uh, I know this is high on homegrown. We're basically a cannabis podcast. But since this was in the news and this article popped up, I decided it was uh, it was time to go ahead and grab this. But anyway, yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, around the world saw it. I think it's pretty much world news. But a uh, off-duty pilot that was riding a jump seat in the cockpit on an Alaska Airlines flight. Uh, in mid-flight, low altitude, attempted to reach up and grab the two red uh, handles, which would have basically extinguished both engines mid-flight and, and uh, caused the aircraft to become a high-speed glider at that point in time. Jesus. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, the pilot was saying that he had, he had uh, taken magic mushrooms in days pre previous and was blaming the mag magic mushrooms for his issues. So the pilot was, the, was freaking out? Uh, the the, the off-duty pilot. Now, you have the pilot and co-pilot in the main two seats, and then the jump seat, in, there's another spare seat in the cockpit of this aircraft, and and his off-duty pilot, he was just catching a ride, not flying the aircraft, but he is a qualified pilot by from, from Alaska Airlines, riding in the center cockpit, jumped up in the mid-flight, reached for the red handle, started to pull him down, and was uh, physically phys uh, wrestled the handles away from him. Had he pulled the handles all the way out, he already started pulling them down, the engines would have immediately have been extinguished with fire extinguishers and would have had a, attempted a restart. So you can see how bad this was. Yeah, so that anyway, sounds horrifying. So, yeah, I, I mean, it was all over the, the news in the States, but I didn't know if it went worldwide. But anyway, there you go. So a bizarre, I said, what do magic mushrooms do to your brain? A mid-flight crisis raises questions. A bizarre mid-flight incident involving an off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot has raised questions about the effects of psychedelic mushrooms, sleep deprivation, and psychosis. The pilot... 44-year-old David Emerson was on board as a passenger, and he is accused of trying to cut the engines mid-flight before being subdued by the flight crew. Later, Emerson reportedly told police he had taken psychedelic mushrooms 48 hours before the flight, was in a mental health crisis, dehydrated, and had been awake for 40 hours. He pleaded not guilty to numerous legal charges. Now, he has been charged with attempted 81 counts of attempted murder uh, because basically he tried to... to Take right. a plane down. So right. I just have to add here. This is this reminds me of a Bill Hicks joke. You know, it's like this one guy has gone and taken mushrooms a few days ago, gone on some fucking freaked out psychotic episode, and it gives a bad name to all of those hundreds of thousands of people that don't do these stupid things after they've taken mushrooms. You know, exactly. they've never had one of these experiences where they want to try and kill anybody or jump or oh, I'm gonna see if I can fly, kind of fucking shit. You know, I, wow. Now, I, I was kind of the same way, Mackie, when I heard the story, because while I am not experience, very experienced in, in the area of magic mushrooms, I do know enough about them to know that 
they are effects should be have left your body long before 48, 48 hours, you know, mm -hmm. 40 mm -hmm. hours. That's so what this I is what thinking. when I read exactly. that too, being awake for 40 hours in a stretch, yeah. that's like that's a huge problem right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And, and a lot of this, you know, that's what the article kind of gets into that though. But immediately these days, you know how it is when you have an anti-drug front up there, is immediately when right. somebody says, Well, it's the mushrooms that did it. Oh my god, the news media was all over this. Yeah, clickbait. And I'm, yeah, so it's clickbait big time. So it's one of these things there. It says, while the details about Emerson's mental health and experience with mushrooms aren't known, the Washington spoke, Post spoke to experts on psychedelics and learned more about how the drug can affect the brain and behavior. Here's what they said. Now, this article is written for people who don't who know nothing about psilocybin, okay? And I am not going to uh, insult our audience and treat them like babies because most of our audience is probably familiar with somewhat with the effects of psilocybin. So let's if not, not why not? Ask yourself. <laughs> right. So I will be skipping parts of the story as it becomes redundant. So uh, magic mushrooms contain psilocybin, a naturally occurring chemical substance that can be found in hundreds of types of mushrooms. A synthetic version of psilocybin can also be created in a laboratory. Now, in the uh, medical use of psilocybin, in most cases, they're using the, the uh, synthetically derived material because it's considered to be consistent and you know mm -hmm. across the board can be controlled better so how is psilocybin used to treat mental disorders well the thing is with the article basically tells us what we know it, uh, it's used under controlled situations at a controlled level with professionals helping you guide your, your way through the experience so that you can get a benefit from the experience uh what, what they're warning you about with the psilocybin as we all know is we've talked about many times set in setting if you're going to do psychedelics, it's all about set and setting and intent. And uh, this man did, maybe did not have any of that. I mean, if he was alone and depressed and sleep deprived and took mushrooms on top of that and had nobody to guide him on his experience, I can just imagine what that experience might have been like. Maybe not the best experience in the world and, and definitely not very therapeutic. Agreed. So, I mean, by all means, if anybody is out there is thinking about it, I'll say it again, because we've said this many times, always find an experienced person with psychedelics before you even consider going into that. Talk to them, have someone guide you through the first time. Go start low and go slow. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work for you, if you find it uncomfortable, stop. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff. So there you go. How long do the effects of psilocybin last? The pilot claimed that he, had he has taken mushrooms about two days before the flight. Psilocybin tends to enter the brain quickly and if ingested orally, and then the effects peak in about 60 to 90 minutes after taking it, the experts said. Most of the time, experts say the active effect of psilocybin lasts four to eight hours, and the drug is completely gone from your body in 24 hours. We haven't had any evidence of, of anyone having a prolonged reaction to psilocybin. Okay, so there again, you know, he's talking about 48 hours before the flight. So I don't think the psilocybin was in his brain actually influencing him to do this. So psilocybin mm -hmm. binds to specific serotonin receptors in the brain, which seem to have a number of effects that can't fully be understood. But, but serotonin is a neurotransmitter that plays a, a, a role in a number of bodily functions, such as sleep regulation, our sense of appetite. So neuroimaging shows that after someone has taken psilocybin, though, the brain regions that don't normally communicate with each other start to communicate in new ways. This is what our psychedelic experience is all about. 
Patients with psychiatric disorders, usually their brain is stuck in a circuit in a way that it can't get out of, and psychedelics break that cycle. That's how we use it. Some of the changes that psilocybin causes during a psychedelic experience include ways, changes in ways that people act, process sensory information. So they start to see kaleidoscopic imagery, fractals, things such as this. The substance can also cause changes in the way that we make decisions or allow people to think about traumatizing memories differently, helping them work through these negative feelings. Research also shows that psilocybin seems to reduce activity in the area of the brain involved with generating a sense of self, which can cause some people to feel more connected to the people in the world around them. Psilocybin also appears to have the effect to affect the default mode network. Uh, now, what they're referring to in the default mode network is, uh, think of your daydreams. You're just really not doing anything and your brain wanders. That's your default mode. So what they're saying is that psilocybin can actually interrupt the default mode and put you more into a structured train of thought. Okay, can psilocybin cause psychosis? There is a risk that taking psilocybin can trigger a psychotic episodes in some people. This is not, not unusual for anything. Uh, cannabis can do the same in some people. It's just the way it is. Any drug can act, react differently in any person. But, but the number of people that, that can have psychotic effects from uh, psychosis from psilocybin is low. Risk appears to be higher in people who have family history of conditions associated with psychosis, such as schizophrenia and bipolar disorders. I'd like to Other see the study on that as well. I don't think that's true. But, you know, th these motherfuckers say anything to try and make everything seem bad. I'd like no. to see some studies on that. Well, it's, I don't really think it's a saying bad. Basically, it's saying that for most people, psilocybin is fine. But for some people, especially people who have mental issues in some situations, psilocybin can exaggerate that. So I don't have a problem with that statement. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's certain certain drugs that I can't take that I'm allergic to. So why the heck couldn't mm -hmm. that be the same way with psilocybin on somebody? So one of those deals. But as the psilocybin affects sleep. Let's go into that. The impact of psilocybin on sleep has not yet thoroughly been researched. But experts say psilocybin has stimulating process. This means that an individual's blood pressure and heart rate can go up, which could uh, affect your sleep. People feel energized. It can cause insomnia, difficulty in sleeping, and especially at the night after you use it. And I guess that's going to depend on how much you use, whether or not you use how to the it, trip was, you know, <laughs> how good the shrooms were, you know, all you know? that kind of stuff. If you had a scary one, you're up the next night just thinking about it. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like that one Chilbert told us about last week. Damn. Damn. <laughs> you know, like you'd a... be up the next night for a while, I think. Freaked out. Uh-huh. So uh, there's no evidence or research showing that psilocybin can cause dehydration either. But sometimes people get so caught up in the psychedelic experience that they forget to drink. This is why we administer psychedelics in a controlled setting, blah, 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 blah. When you take magic mushrooms, the dose matters, says this, this guy. When taken at a high enough dose, uh, there can be body symptoms like an upset stomach, nausea, and sensory changes. If you start seeing patterns and things that you didn't see before, uh, don't take any more, basically, is what it's telling you. So <laughs> you're already tripping balls at that point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the article didn't have much insight on what psilocybin is and how it works. But what it definitely did to me was basically saying you can't really blame psilocybin for the action alone for the actions of this pilot. Maybe mm -hmm. used in the way he used it, it could have contributed to this breakdown. 
But in most people, psilocybin is actually very safe. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, like I said, I, I will say it and say it and say it and say it. I believe Mackie and Marge and, and, and Bubble and everybody else out there will tell you the same thing in the community. Go slow, get be guided, know what you're doing. This is not something you just want to jump into and play with on your own. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Unless, so, so. really, <laughs> unless you really want to, you know, you'll be tripping balls all night in the top of a tree if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> That's right, man. Right. It's not really it can something be intense. you want to around and find out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's not mm -hmm. a fuck around and find out drug. There you go. Respect them drugs, like uh, you know, them big hallucinogens, the acid, the uh, uh, psilocybin with mushrooms, you know, so, uh, the LSD, DMT, you know, these kind of things. You need to really yeah. fucking respect that shit and understand you're not just really, uh, I mean, you are taking a drug, but if you don't respect it, it can really fuck with you, man. You know, you, you need to just uh, respect that shit before you dive yeah. in. Yeah, like Annie said out there in the chat, you know, from the high ladies is out there. Hey, Annie, how's it going? She says, microdose. In other words, start mm -hmm. slow, people, you know, little bits, little, mm -hmm. little tiny bits. Uh, and then, you know, once you, once you graduate and you feel comfortable with little bits, it might be time for a little bit more. So, but no heroic dose the first time, please. You know, uh, my friend was telling me about, uh, he, he had a friend come around. They all had a session. He bought some mushrooms and they all split an ounce up between the four of them. So an ounce. Seven grams of each. Seven grams each of these mushrooms. And they, they were, didn't know what they were doing. Oh, and he said fucking time was moving at a completely different speed. He, he was fucked when the stories he told me, like he was playing Fortnite and the game was just paused, even though it wasn't paused. It, it just shit was going fucked up, man. He had a spliff that lasted for a ridiculous amount of time. And you, you just don't want to get yourself into it. And now he won't do it again. No, it's like, you, you no, want to some me sometimes? He's like, no, no, I'm not doing that shit again, man. It's like, you just com completely ruined any fucking opportunity of just having a nice chilled out mushroom. Buzz, so he you know? never had done, no. he had never done it before. And then he thought <laughs> seven mm -hmm. grams was yeah. an appropriate dose. And they were all fucked. They were all fucked, man. Seven yeah. grams of fucking mushrooms. That's going to, uh, that's going to give you an enlightening experience. Let's just Thanks. say that. <laughs> Especially for your first ride, you know? It's when you uh, see God. Yeah. <laughs> and he's angry at you. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, Marge, you've got some interesting news coming out of Canada. I do. I do. And also for those who are waiting with bated breath, I did get the answer. There's four and a half liters to one gallon. Excellent. Thank you for that, Marge. Just, just thought I'd start with that because yeah. I have to. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, we'll, we'll talk later. I Googled yeah. it. <laughs> My anyway. opinion is it's four liters. Okay, my, that's my opinion. And opinions are facts <laughs> nowadays. 4.54 4. So. 4. if we want to get more specific. But okay, three, I'll have three, let's go for 4.2. No, 3.79 American uh, gallons, <laughs> 3.79 American liters to an American gallon, but yeah, oh, liters Christ. per gallon. Now I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> well, I have no idea where the four comes from. Maybe it's a different, uh, who knows? Go. Sorry. I don't know. That's okay. Canadian <laughs> producers still sitting on more than 1 million kilograms of dried cannabis. And this article was dated a mere two days ago, October 27th, 2023. Canadian Jeez. producer. I know it's, it's a lot of weed. 
And that this is coming from Stratcan. And they are saying Canadian producers in Canada are sitting on more than 1 million kilograms of unsold cannabis, a number that has remained relatively stable since September 2020. Fuck. Yeah, that's that's a long time. Edible sales continue to grow, as they should, with a spike in sales each December. And cannabis extracts have seen the most significant increase in sales, nearly doubling in the past year, while packaged units of dried cannabis have been holding steady at just under 10,000 units a month. As of March of 2023, federally licensed cannabis producers in Canada listed 1,249,755 kilograms of unpackaged cannabis in their inventory, along with 92,590 kilograms of packaged inventory, while provincial distributors and retailers had another... Holy shit, these are big numbers. Another Hold on for a second. <laughs> Hold on for a second. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Hold on. Right. Think about the hash we could make with that, man. Somebody's just tried to get into the Zoom room here. Hello. What? Yeah. Oh, he is! My God! No. <gasps> what? Is it him? No. Uh, hello? Uh, we'll find out in a second. You think it's him? Bubble Hello? Find it right now. Good We're day. live. We're live. Hello. My story. Well, g'day. The fuck oh, is this? No. Where the fuck have you no been, way. bro? The fucking Jesus. We was a worried sick man. You should be ashamed of yourself, Bubble Hop. We were sending out the drones, man. We were listening. <laughs> First party's coming. Right. Unfortunately. The outback of Australia is not conducive to fucking radio reception. So <laughs> Damn. it's it's been a bit of a fucking nightmare, but I'm here. I thought I'd nice, and let bro. you guys know that I am fucking alive. I am here. <laughs> um, this job is taking way longer than it fucking should, but I am alive. So you don't have to freak Good. out and send the fucking. We were wondering. The, the army you out to find my call. Me. <laughs> I was like, Double Hawk, if you're listening, please let us know you're doing okay and here you are. So thank yes. you. Yeah. So so I'm, I didn't hear any of that this morning, but um, oh. I've, I, as soon as I came back into reception, my phone went feral. Yeah. It was I bet. Like, ding, I bet. ding 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 ding. Two thousand like, people looking uh, for you, man. Yeah, and Mackie freaking out and like, bro, <laughs> are you still alive? What's happening? You know, Someone you're dead. Me. What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I sent you some badass reels as well, bro. You got to check out them reels. I've got it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. But I've got so much to, to comb through now. So. Nice. But, so are you uh, staying? Are you going? What are you going to do now? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll hang for the show if, if I'm still yeah, welcome. Yeah, of course, of course. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, you've, been, you've been gone a while. We have to take a vote on that first. You yeah. Know, well, we, he that's, hasn't that's read fine. them emails. Yeah. I haven't been on anything. Like the first thing I did was come in, jump on here, notice you were all online. And I thought, you know what? I'll jump in and say hello. That's, that's nice. Fun. Nice. Right, so you just interrupted, and we'll catch up in a bit because uh, you know we'll carry on with the show here. But it's good to know you're here. It's good to know that you're alive, and you, you while you you went in a cell somewhere, be it being no, somebody's no, bitch, no. you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's you mean Bobo Huck? He's my wife now. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> <my wife. laughs> but yeah, let's carry on with Marge. Marge, what are you saying? What's your news article there? Yeah, the uh, oh, shit. ridiculous well, matter cannabis <laughs> Canada has. When I uh, when you started to realize somebody's trying to get into the chat, when you first paused, I thought you were like really excited about my article and what I was reading out, but it turns out <laughs> sorry, <Marge. laughs> that wasn't the case. So where was I in this riveting article? Um, so Canada's got a fuck ton of weed uh, that they're sitting on. 
Mm-hmm. The total unpackaged inventory first surpassed 1 million kilograms in September 2020, fluctuating slightly. That has not dropped below 1 million kilograms since September of 2021. The peak total peak in January of 2023 was at 1,321,435 or whatever before declining before february and then again in march packaged inventory in the provinces have also declined since peak in december 2020 at 80,000 dropping to 53 in january and then slightly increasing over the next two months so dried pack uh, cannabis package sales have hovered between about 8 and 9,000 since july 2021 with more than 264,000 sold on the medical side uh what else do we have here they're talking about package production of cannabis edibles was 4.9 million in march of 2023 package inventory with federal license holders was 11.1 million while provinces had 8.2 million just over 3.9 million units sold in march 2023 with another 304,000 on the medical side jesus it's Mm -hmm. a lot it's so much weed but it's like, what are they doing with it? Because they say it's been that way and it's been steady since 2020. That's three years. So now I now assume they've got the production down to the right level and they're just uh, like getting rid of the old stuff and putting new stuff in place. Or are they just sitting on some three-year-old weed that's never going to be used by anybody? What's this? I think, you know I think what I mean? it's the point where that's that has to happen, right? Because if the older it gets, the less... Mm-hmm. it'll be less valuable it is it just starts to degrade over time so what do you do with that stuff unless you sell it to like a company that's going to make it into distillate or something like that uh, yeah. rso or something for cancer patients yeah. or something like that they would have some yeah, value have there to, but to be sitting on what was like a million yeah, a million you, kilograms of dried cannabis yeah you're basically looking at 1500 tons of cannabis sitting there just doing nothing right what yeah it's been a while yeah, yeah. Not even bubble hawk could squish that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'd give it a red hot crack, but uh, <laughs> yeah. right, right. So I don't know if this means that there's maybe there needs to be. I, I don't know how you correct this problem, except that for people talk about how they're a nice big fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of the Did ones you can smell it I... from the, like the other near neighboring countries. Well, you yeah. know, we could just uh, we could have uh, an event. We could get rid of some of it for them. You know, people show up with their personal uh, what did what did he call it? Personal incineration device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like another Woodstock. You exactly. know, the sixties Woodstock, kinda... not the nineties Woodstock. That's <laughs> pretty bad. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand tons of cannabis in a pile, and everybody's sitting around. Wait, leave until it's gone, people. Yeah, just a few Apaches <laughs> fly over and just drop it all on the crowd and be like, "Here's man. some weed." Hey, man, as long <laughs> as we got snacks and music, we're here, man. We can dream. We can dream. Right, exactly. we could dream. Yeah, I don't yeah. see the LPs doing that anytime soon. But does that mean they're sort of growing more supply than is being demanded in the market? And then, if that's the case, why? Maybe that's the way it is. Holders, because that's what happens when you have like a shareholder model of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Annie in the chat there says, "Is it because they can't sell the weed?" And it probably is, and it's probably because of the low quality of the cannabis. Uh, well, I don't know about low quality, but it's, it's higher quality out there. Put it that way, because mm-hmm. um, I, I noticed that when I was in Oregon, it, it was the better stuff that seems seems to be selling in in the you know the the mids and the low end stuff. Is they were pushing it, but people weren't buying it. So right. is it is it more a case of the fact that they've gone over the top 
and just gone, oh, yeah, everybody loves runts and then just grown way too much. Yep. And then, yeah, okay. So it's it's, it's part, partly the market then. And people right, and you going, see trends in the market too. Like you're saying, mm. like the, there's a particular cultivar that's super popular and people are buying it. And then I guess, you know, the next that thing you know, ha- all anybody has. Yeah, and, and that happened. I remember that was a big problem with the Blue Dream phase back back in the day. And what happened <laughs> was everybody started relabeling everything for Blue Dream. And it wasn't Blue Dream. And everybody started hating it all of a sudden because, well, mm-hmm. they, you know, all the good stuff was really gone. No, no, it's no. it's terrible. But yeah, they're definitely growing more than they can consume. Same problem. But not no. Well, now it seems as if they've. Uh, now it seems as if they've got it balanced out, and up in Canada, where because they say it's been the same amount, so they're not producing too much. Well, mm-hmm. they are they're destroying some though. Uh, not uh, every now. Oh every yeah, they year. do destroy. Yeah, because of all the mold and shit that gets in. Yeah. Well, I think it ages out after a while too. Mm, mm. That's it. I would think three-year-old weed that's just been left. I don't know, maybe in a warehouse that's somewhere. Biomass, man. That's all yeah, it is at that point. It's eaten by rats. You know, remember that story? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, don't <laughs> the rats get to it after that six months? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, really, man. Not the end user they had in mind, but yeah, the one exactly. they're doing. But you know, I just want to express that if, if Canada needs any help getting rid of this cannabis, we can help. We can send people your way. Just ask. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Come <laughs> on over. Saying. So I got another. I got another news story from the UK over here. Check this one out, everybody. This is just a short one, but it's a concerning one, and you you will understand why it's concerning as we move through the news article. And it's like really, this is like five short paragraphs it's really a short news article is oldham man oldham is a place in the uk so this is from the uk oldham man who drove while high on cannabis is sentenced uh a man from oldham is being banned from driving after he was found to be behind the wheel while under the influence of cannabis blake perry of higher lime road oldham was driving on alton heath Alton Head Road in St. Helens, Merseyside on August 15th this year, when he was found to have cannabis in his system. A test found that the 23-year-old had 8.5 micrograms of Delta 9 tetrahydro cannabinol, the main psychoactive constitu- uh, con- constituent of cannabis per liter in his system, uh, in his blood system. The legal limit is two micrograms. So there's the legal limit. We discussed this on a previous episode. Uh, the legal limit is two micrograms per litre of blood, putting parry more than four times over the limit. At Liverpool Magistrates Court on October 16th, Parry pleaded guilty to the offence and was sentenced. He was banned from driving for 12 months and was ordered to pay a fine of £233, a victim surcharge of £93, and court costs of £120, bringing his total costs to 446 And he probably has to pay VAT on that, just saying. <laughs> yeah, so that's the whole news article there. And it's something which we've discussed many, many times on this show. Just because there's presence of cannabis in somebody's blood doesn't mean that they are intoxicated. You know, and to have uh, what is it, 8.5 micrograms, you know, is this guy even affected? Is he an everyday user? Is he a medical user? He doesn't tell you anything about any of this stuff. And yet again, he doesn't tell you why he was pulled over in the first place. You know, why did he? They would have mentioned if he was in an accident. You know what I mean? And to completely 
ignore the the fact of why was he pulled over by the police in the first place? I think that's a, a red flag to start with. So maybe this guy, we just, uh, you know, he wasn't even that high, but they've managed to take his driver's license from him for 12 months. Yeah, that's a long uh, time. Do yeah. you think this was another case of racial profiling? I was thinking that they smell weed. Uh, I don't know. Exactly. They don't mention anything about race. It's a possibility, you know? Well, they I've got fifty race unless they, you know, it's to their advantage. Mm-hmm. I've got 50, I was going to say, I got 50 bucks. He was sitting at a stop sign waiting for it to turn green. Yeah, yeah, I know those Probably, guys. Isn't it? <laughs> they're like, the fuck's this guy doing? We'll just pull him over and check him. You know, and don't get me wrong here. I, you know, I don't want to sound biased and stuff, but if he he'd be intoxicated and he isn't in the right frame of mind to be operating a vehicle, then yes, you need to prosecute this person to the full extent of the law because he is putting other people at risk. It's not fucking cool, man. You don't drive impaired, whether that be alcohol, cannabis, acid, lack of sleep, argument with the other half, you're in a rush. All these different things can you know, make you a dangerous driver. So they all need to be taken into consideration. But it's just there's no way to tell whether this man was impaired. Sure, alcohol was um, sorry, cannabis was present in his blood. But was he impaired? And, you know, how can you even tell that he was impaired? So I just think this, uh, and, you know, this is that ties onto Monkey's news story. But, um, it does. It's just concerning that you can lose, you because you say that anyone listening to the show, I assume you're all consumers of cannabis, so you're going to have a certain amount of cannabis in your system. If you're a home grower, you're smoking a lot more than the average person smokes, and you're able to, con- you know, you're able to, control the high just so you don't get as much the tolerance limit goes up massively so well an experienced you, smoker also understands doesn't panic when you get high put it that way you know yeah. knows how to ride it out <laughs> yeah. you know just yeah. imagine you get pulled over here in the uk and they decide that you're going to take your driving license off you for 12 months that's crazy man crazy mm-hmm. that's the same oh. here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, you know, if, if he was impaired, then fucking people need mm-hmm. to be held responsible. But you just want to know that these guys were impaired first. And there was actually a danger to other people because just having presence of cannabis in the system doesn't mean that you're impaired at all. You know, no more than having a bad night's sleep makes you impaired, you know, or being yeah, angry, road rage. You know, that's it. We've covered it so many times, man. And But and that leads nicely onto your news article there, Monkey. Do you want to finish off the last one? It does. Now, this one came to me via a forum member, Banks, which sent me this one coming from Minnesota. This is uh, Minnesota's sisters invent roadside device to test whether drivers are high. Now, we've heard had other similar stories before, but let's take a look at how they want to do it. Okay, Uh, recreational marijuana has been legal in Minnesota now for nearly three months, and yet there's still no clear way to tell whether someone is too drugged to drive. That's partially because THC dissolves in fat, alcohol in water, essentially rending blood alcohol content limits to drive like Minnesota's 0.08 limit to measure booze useless. Still, a lot of companies are coming up with new technology to try, including one led by two Minnesota sisters, Dr. Rossini Samadini, a healthcare uh, technology entrepreneur, and Dr. Uzma Sadamanini, a neurosurgeon, co-founded their company called Oculogica. Mm, It's, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. 
Okay. Yeah, the, I can't see this article. He wouldn't let me in. Oh, the Sam and Daddy sisters uh, recently debuted a roadside uh, cannabis test called OcuPro, which several police departments across the company will use as part of the pilot program. Recently, a reporter traveled to Gatlinburg, Gatorsburg, Maryland, where a pilot program was run from about uh, thanks, Thanksgiving through June, January. So this is an older article. While there were, while there, the reporter Je Jennifer Hoff also attended something called a green lab hosted by police. The labs are allow marijuana users to light up around the officers in controlled settings, that, and this helps train the law enforcement officers to spot whether someone is too high to drive. Yeah, we spoke green about that, didn't we? I'm sure we covered that at some point. Yeah, you know, and how freaked I, out you would be. <laughs> that's the question right there. Piece. You know. I, I would be very, a little bit concerned about that one myself. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Would you, Marge? Would you participate in the green lab? Go smoke around the cops? Oh, uh, how much free weed is there? Well, you get yeah. only you, the weed <laughs> is free. Everything you consume is free. Honestly, I'd probably be like, nah. Exactly, <laughs> Bubble. What you thinking? What you thinking, I Bubble? Yeah. I would just to see if they can catch me at full pelt. Well, the thing is, I, you know, with a high tolerance, I would sit there, I'd go and smoke a joint in front of them and then prove them that you think, dude, it didn't affect me like you think it would, you know, because you know, <laughs> I'd be smoking joint in front of them. Bubble was sitting there smoking the joints like there were cigarettes, mm -hmm. man, going like, can I have another? Can I have another? Can I have another? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I, I would get super high in front of them and beat them at chess and be like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does that feel, officer? You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Green Labs happen several times a year. Under a tent, about a dozen people spent two 30-minute sessions smoking cannabis later to be evaluated by police. I'll be honest with you, I'm excited for the cops just to pay for my weeds, said Sam Jacobini, who started smoking about three years ago to curb his back pain. I, I don't know. Can you smoke? I, I, don't, I don't think I could smoke enough weed in 30 minutes to make it worth my while to go down there, be honest with you. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, but I mean, yeah. you know what? When I got <laughs> jars and jars here, so I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, I mean, maybe, maybe if you if you do your little your little pre smoke, you know, get yourself <laughs> su sufficiently high before you go, so that it's just a top up when you get there. Oh, just yeah, saturate yourself. In other words, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Just <laughs> drop a drop a couple gummies before you you get out of the car. Perfect. <laughs> Okay. It's a frustrating and confusing time. You want answers as to how to do, the, to do the job well and correctly. And with regard to cannabis and impairment, we don't have all that right now, said Derbyshire. Our officers weren't adequately prepared as far as I was expecting they, uh, they would be on the roadside, especially with regards to impaired driving. Like other states, they rely on drug recognition experts, DREs, to evaluate suspected impaired drivers. It's an observational training that while well-researched, it's time-consuming, expensive, and can be challenged in court due to the lack of established limits like alcohol. Well, sure. I mean, if I was in there and I had to, had to say, well, in my opinion, he was intoxicated, you're damn right, I'd challenge that. You know, that's stupid. Mm. So yeah, there has to be something. Everyone is so individualistic and uh, with, high, with the high they experience and the product that they're using and how their body responds. It just makes it so hard, so difficult to determine. We need other tools to be able to measure impairment, said Virginia Commonwealth uh, University forensic scientist, Dr. M uh, Michelle Pierce, Peace, who attended the Green Lab in Gaithersburg. 
We need robust, robust clinical data so we can understand what all these challenges are so we can better support law enforcement when they're making these decisions. Peace studies cannabis quality assurance to better protect public safety since there's little data about how the drug is still, still illegal under federal law, making testing for it a bit more tricky. When it appears in the bloodstream, it also disappears from the bloodstream very quickly, Peace said. So what you see is you get a spike of the drug in your blood, potentially before you have very many effects. Giving them a THC breathalyzer when you're out there on the scene might not really indicate that number you, you get as far as how much THC is in the blood. So what we really need to beg the question is, what we need to do is determine if someone is impaired when they get pulled over. And we've been asking for this a long time, guys. We don't mm -hmm. want to test for, for uh, presence of a material. We want to test for impairment. So this is what they're trying to do with this gadget that they're making. The OcuProbe is one of several gab gadgets Derbyshire showcased in the recent Green Lab. It's made, made only in Minnesota and it's described as a lightweight, easy to handle, but also self-administered that, that can be dangerous and concerning for officers. I don't know why it's concerning that it can be lightweight and self-administered, but okay. Device has gone through several design changes according to Joel Sanderson, Ocugilia's chief technology officer. We're always exploring new technologies, improving ways to keep things going better. The highly respected Santa Samadini sisters invented the machine several years ago. It's packed with technology like a high-speed eye-tracking camera, high-resolution screens, and a powerful computer. The user watches a 30-second video that monitors uh, that monitors even the most minor changes in someone's eyes and determines whether their pupils are abnormal or not. Okay, we're, we're replicating the same type of results across a lot of different sites, academic institutions, in our own studies, and in law enforcement green labs. So a test like this and it even gives more confidence that the objective data is really helpful for everyone because it makes the whole system more fair, said Sanderson who trusts the latest prototype is on a path for federal approval. We're hoping that the OcuPro can, can be to cannabis what breathalyzer was to alcohol. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there who are investing in solid, re, uh, solid research. And I think it wouldn't be, we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't consider what's out there, said Debershire. It, uh, if we just give them one more tool in the toolbox, that would be great. In the meantime, officers will keep training, trying to do their best as cannabis continues to change the landscape. For me, I know what my limits are, but not everyone is like that, said Jake Jacoby. Like all, mm -hmm. all the users, they all got a safe ride home and got reimbursed for the products they use. Minnesota has yet to invest in the OcuPro, but it's instead putting its money toward us, uh, the Draeger 2000. Oh, God. Yeah, remember that one. <laughs> the Draeger. Oral fluid tests are, are used heavily across Australia and, and Europe, but have not been used as, in evidence in any court anywhere in the United States yet. There's just so, the air there in the chat brought up a good one. A VR at the side of the road driving test. And that's possible, man. We could, you know, with like an Oculus Rift and you get one of those, uh, you know, the foldable seats with the pedals on and the steering wheel, sit them down for 10 minutes and be like, drive in this uh, VR headset. In a, a virtual reality driving simulator thing at the side of the road, be like yeah. drive, drive for a few minutes, and you know they'll have things jump out, and 
you know, certain things that need to be noticed. And you'd be able to tell if somebody's impaired then. That, that's a good idea. I should delete that comment because somebody's going to run off and make a, a billion dollar industry now of that VR on the side <laughs> of the road test. Well, I, I'd want to have a turn of that. as well. a quick go of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're already, using, they're already looking at AI as a possibility of using that technology in detecting some kind of a, you know, too high to drive kind of situation. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff mm-hmm. out there, guys, but they're actually now starting to look past the internals of the body and trying to see, okay, well, what's it doing to the mind? And I think that's the right path to take. But I had a question, you know, for years in the United States, uh, intoxicated drivers by, from drinking have been saying, well, you know, the, the, uh, we have a, a, I think it's 0.08% limit right now in the United States for intoxication on alcohol. And mm. their complaint is very similar to co- with cannabis smokers, uh, medical cannabis patients are using. It says, well, if you're a heavy drinker, 0.08 is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't right. make any difference. So is it possible then if we can get a possible test that would be accurate for impaired driving for cannabis? Could this be adapted also to chest, test for actual impairment for alcohol? Mm. Yeah. And, possibilities are out there who knows mm-hmm. i mean we li- we're living in a, in a world now that changes minute by minute so yeah crazy crazy stuff ai but, is taking over the world man it's just all really? the time you're just hearing more and more things it can do it's crazy really but i, I did hear it. something else about about australia and i didn't even cover it because i didn't know bubble was going to be here but i heard that this was the week in act that all drugs uh, became all drug possession became legal in small quantities in act i understand you know, what kind of panel member would I be if I didn't bring a story with me? And that's oh, you the got one story. I with me. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Professional, as always. Yes. Professional. Segway okay. right in. Perfect. Glad Sam to see you haven't well. lost that professional manner, sir. Well done. Look, you know, you know, I'm always on the ball, mate. You know, just a little bit higher at different different points in the day. Um, all right. So we have the ACT has today decriminalized small amounts of some illicit drugs. Uh, That was on Saturday. So the ACT has today become the first Australian jurisdiction to decriminalize small amounts of illicit drugs, such as cocaine, heroin, ice, and MDMA. Uh, The controversial drug bill was introduced to the ACT Legislative Assembly in early 21, uh, about one year after the ACT legalized personal uh, use amounts of cannabis. The laws attracted their fair share of opposition, including from the ACT's top cop, who slammed the proposal but promised to help implement them. Uh, there was even a failed attempt to quash the change in federal parliament. Uh, but today, the legislation took effect, with the ACT government describing it as a health-based approach to drug use. Uh, so don't get it twisted. Drug decriminalization does not mean hard drugs are legal. The change instead means people caught with small amounts of illicit drugs will attract a fine or be pointed towards drug counselling rather than be handed a criminal penalty. It's been likened to a speeding fine. Minor speeding is an illegal activity, but you'll generally only get a fine, not a criminal charge if you're caught. From the outset, the government has said the intention of the laws is to keep low-level drug users or those with addictions out of the criminal justice system and direct them towards support services. Leading harm minimisation advocate Chris Goff had this to say, Uh, It shows society hasn't given up on them, but instead is understanding and supporting them to do better. Uh, So what is a small amount? Well, it depends on the drugs. So the list of decriminalized drugs includes those used recreationally, such as magic mushrooms and LSD, as well as those associated with the worst social harms, heroin, cocaine, and ice. 
the amount considered to be for personal use depends on which drug someone is caught with. So the criminal limits, uh, amphetamines, one and a half grams, cocaine, one and a half grams, methylamphetamine or ice, one and a half grams, heroin, one gram, cannabis dried, 50 grams, cannabis fresh, 150 grams, uh, oh. MDMA, one and a half grams or five doses, uh, lysergic acid or LSD, five doses, and psilocybin for magic mushrooms, one and a half grams. Uh, so that's not a bad amount, I suppose. To, you know, there's a few in there. I don't know about the cannabis. I don't so know are, we, are we expecting to like see pocket. police officers just roaming around Australia now with a pair of digital scales? Are we? Probably is part of well, the at least, uniform at, now. At, <laughs> at least in at least in our capital city, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see yeah. how it goes. It's a step um, in the right direction, and it's a step in the right direction. If you say. Well, that's it, and it's and it goes on to say uh, what will happen when a person's caught. So uh, it's determined by the amount, obviously, uh, how much they have on them. Uh, but the government's insisted the laws will not make it easier to deal or traffic drugs. So the ACT government said the changes would free up police resources to better target big fish. So from today, if police find people with the smaller amounts, they'll have the option to issue a caution, a $100 fine, or refer them to a drug diversion program. Mm, which so, one they'll uh, choose. Mm. Yeah, but either, <laughs> either way, it says, it says either way, police will confiscate the drugs. And if officers what? catch someone drug driving, no leniency. So... It still remains illegal for anyone to drive with an illicit substance in their system. So let's say, right, just hypothetically, there's these two Australian police officers speeding down the road in the outback. They see a VW camper van driving uh, like 100 metres of the road and be like, let's pull these motherfuckers over, right? They pull them over. There's loads of kids in there. You're not kids, like 18, 20 years old. You're young, young people just having a good time. And they're like, oh, my God, you have got two grams of cocaine so they they take the cocaine you know because they you're not allowed to leave when they give them a fine hundred dollar fine they get back in the car and they split because they keep digital scales on them they split these two grams of cocaine in half one one for that copper one for that copper now they're in possession of one gram each which is not illegal I don't think it's I don't think it's legal for <laughs> for the cops to be running around. <laughs> yeah, that would I be frowned upon. I'm just looking for loopholes, man. All right. <laughs> I'm liking the loophole. I'm like I mean, look, if you know that you've got more than one and a half grams, just get super shaky when you're pulling the bag out of your pocket and just you know <laughs> sneeze in it. A little bit. Oh yes, yeah, sneeze in it. Well, that might increase oh, oh, the no, dosage, sorry. actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. But you know, it's a step in the right direction, as I said. That's good, man. It's, um... Look, it's 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 opening the door, see, because mm -hmm. with the with them legalizing cannabis, um, with how they have so far in the ACT, and seeing that the world hasn't fallen apart down there, this is another step towards that health based approach, which is what they've been harping on about for years mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. and we're finally seeing it, and it's kind of. It's, it's kind of like the test patch in the ACT. The ACT is not big enough like a full state like you know, New South Wales or Queensland or Victoria, right. which have larger populations. Um, the ACT is a good little hotspot for them to test it with. Plus, they've got all the federal police and everything down there. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think we'll see how they fare down there. Um, 
as to whether that starts to become more um, prevalent in other states, I suppose, and whether we start to see these laws coming into to more mainland states and, and see what happens. But um, uh, look, I mean, it's one of those things where I think I'm, I'm sort of sitting back looking at it like, well, it's, it'll be, it's a good thing. Um, but you know, you're always going to have people on the other side that are harping on. And the moment something happens where someone, you know, has uh, cocaine in their system or something like that. And, you know, there's an accident or, yeah. They, you know, makes a, a big deal out of it. A, yeah. a big fight in the main street or something like that. Shit will hit the fan and there'll be a whole mm -hmm. whole thing about it. So, um, you know, ridiculous in a way though, because that shit happens whether it's decrimmed or not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And there's no distinction in that. That they've just glossed right, right over the top of that. <laughs> you know, and and the worst thing in Australia, realistically, is alcohol. Anyway, um, you know, mm. we've got a massive yeah. drinking culture here, to to the point where you you know. If you're sitting down watching free to air TV, um, you'll get you know two or three ads that are aimed at either gambling or drinking. So, you know what what hope does does the the youth have when that's what they're being force fed by the media? So, <laughs> and I like don't even get me started on the politicians running around on their campaign trails just drinking beers at pubs. And being like, you know, snorting you lines know, that are zero point yeah. nine grams, and being like, it's okay, it's yeah. legal. <laughs> We're one one point four nine grams, you know. I'm just, I'm under. The Everybody, grab a bag. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, it's like fucking legalize it or don't stop fucking around. But at least it's a step in the right direction. You know what I mean? At least it's yeah. it's uh not backwards. At least it's that. Yeah. But yeah, good news, man. Good news out of Australia. And we had uh, you know, some good news out of there from that uh, the, the police one as well from the UK that the police are getting prosecuted. Well, not prosecuted, but at least they've been sat for gross misconduct. So there's some retaliation in that one. So yeah, so interesting news, man. Interesting news. And if anybody needs any weed, there's loads in Canada, you know. <laughs> That's right. Come on over. Jesus. Yes, yeah, so there we go, everybody. That was the cannabis news and events and the return of Bubble Hawk. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Yeah, like thanks for returning to us. For well, thank you for uh, being back. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I apologize that I've, um, you know, having to be off grid to the point where everybody freaked out. Don't freak out unless I'm gone for six months. If I'm gone for six months and you've heard nothing, then start sending people. I can, I reckon, I can live in the bush on my own for six months without, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I just eat snakes. Just yeah. Think, yeah, well, you know, at, at some point, you know, you you do thought you were in jail. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, mate. yeah. Uh, lots Thanks, of us mate. were thinking he's in jail, or you know, he's out in the outback. We're going to see him on a. I shouldn't be alive. You know that TV show. We we're thinking yeah, about you were going to be on there. <laughs> he's like, oh, and I pulled off some funny Australian accent. I remember it because it. You know when you do stupid things and you're like, oh god, I wish you didn't do that. And, you know, but it's funny. <laughs> it was one of them moments. I remember it. You know where I pulled off some dodgy fucking Australian. I, oh, I'm bubble hawk is what I did. And it's like oh, that's no. not even a fucking Australian accent, bro. It was hilarious. I remember editing. I was, it. I was gonna, thinking, I was gonna come shit. back on and be like, oi, in it, it's fucking bubble hawk, and just see what people freak the fuck out and just think you're just putting it on. Uh, Although, yeah you know what my, I'm saying? <laughs> my, my british accent is terrible so you know blame <laughs> yeah. me all you like people but i tried i tried but yeah definitely good to hear back from you i'm sure everybody uh agrees there in the chat as well 
Lots of people have been concerned, Ben. You know, you'll see over on the forum. I think there's a whole thread like, where the fuck is Bubba Hawk? (laughs) That's that's funny. Sorry. Yeah, man. And there we go, everybody. That's this week's cannabis news and events. And of course, the biggest news story this week is Bumble Huck has returned to us safely. So we can all start panicking now. But yeah, it was concerning for a while there. We were all very concerned. But it's good to see him back safe and sound. So as usual, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you see any news stories throughout the week that you want us to cover on next week's show, then do feel free to get in touch as well. You can find us over on percysgrowroom.com, the Cannabis Growers Forum, a forum that you should all be members of. If you're listening to this and you're a member of Percy's, then please get over to Percy's Grow Room and sign up. It'll be good to see you over there. Uh, also, you can get in touch on any of the major social networks and you can email us at highonhomegrown at gmail.com and you'll find us there if you want to send us any news stories. But as usual, thank you for being here. Thank you for downloading the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope to catch you on the next one, which will be Wednesday for an interview. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you then. Goodbye.